and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Obis Partners. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And it's our show. We're talking about a simple hack to beat falling house prices. And we are joined by, listener of the show, April Hastelow. But April, you're no longer just a listener of the show. You've recently joined Catalyst Financial. Yes. Part of the cult. Well, one of the reasons that we're really excited to have you on the show is that as part of when we launched our top 10 financial advisors in the country, you were actually on that list. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to take you off that now that you're part of the company because our policy is we don't have staff members on our top lists. But I'm glad that you're now part of the tribe. So what is this trick to beat falling house prices? Because you came up with this podcast idea. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a lot in the market at the moment with property prices falling, starting to impact the way that my investors are able to get their deposit. So normally when an investor is looking to leverage up on their property in order to get a rental property, they get their owner occupier, we can approach the bank that they're with, and we can ask to get their deposit using the equity that's available in the owner occupier. As property prices start to drop, we start to lose that available equity that was there before which can start slowing down people's property plans. Okay, so, so if I get this right, I've got a house worth a million dollars, I've got a mortgage of 200000 so I've got $800,000 worth of equity, but as the price comes down, now it's worth only 800000 I've only got 600000 of equity and less and less as the property prices drop. And if you've got any sizable mortgage, let's increase that mortgage to, say, $600,000. If the property comes down by 20% from a million down to, say, 800000 you're not going to be buying an investment property anymore because you don't have enough usable equity within your home. So what's the strategy then to beat these falling house prices? It's really to set up things in advance when you're thinking about what you might want to do in the future is actually the time to be setting it up now. So say you are looking to do a refinance and you're taking your existing lending and you're going to go to another bank, we're refinancing, actually at that point, maybe putting in place a revolving credit if there is equity available, as long as you're responsible with it and don't go blowing it on boats and things like that. So if you look to it at the same time as you're looking to do a refinance, you can go to the bank and say, look, I've got $500,000 worth of lending I want to refinance. The property is actually worth a mil and look to maybe put in place a small revolving credit. If you go too big, the banks might want a little more information. But if you're looking to do, you know, $50,000 or something as a bit of a buffer, you can start actually having that revolving credit in place and then that's it. That's there. The limit's yours and available to be used in the future. So the banks don't take that away? Technically in the loan papers they can, but I haven't seen it before. Yeah, so it's unless on, there's a lending change. So it's always an on-demand facility with a revolving credit, which means the bank can ask you to pay that money back or turn off that facility if you do something unscrupulous. But I've never seen it either. But the key thing here is we're talking about getting it set up when you know the equity is there before you need it. Now, in our book, Wealth Plan, we call this the lend before you leap strategy because you're trying to get that revolving credit set up so you can take the money out as a deposit when you want to so you can take action on a property. And so, April, walk us through the numbers. Give us a case study that's easy to understand. Okay, so say you had a owner-occupier. Somebody was purchasing a property for 500000 and then they were putting in, say they're putting in, you know, they had $150,000 that they could put into the property. Instead of only getting lending of 350000 they could actually immediately go, okay, we want $400,000 worth of lending 
and then put their $50,000 in the revolving credit, it's offsetting, but it's available to them. So I still only pay interest on a $350,000 mortgage because I've already paid back that $50,000 revolving credit. I've just got the facility there. Absolutely. And then if your property price, say, drops down to being worth 450000 well, actually, you still have the $400,000 worth of facilities there with the $50,000 buffer available. And is it just first-home buyers that can do this, or can other people use that strategy as well, April? Investors can use the strategy really well, especially if they're thinking of paying down debt then they can actually be quite surprised when they go and look at a property and think, oh, I'll just pay down the debt on this property and then I'll go back to the bank and ask for more. But actually, if what they were using the property for has changed, so it's gone from an owner-occupied to a rental, now your loan value ratio is different when you go back to the bank. Or if property prices have fallen and you go back to the bank and ask for them to re-leverage the property, they may say no. Whereas if you've been actually paying down a revolving credit facility instead of a fixed loan, then you have the access to pull that back out again. So I remember yesterday when we were talking about this upstairs, we talked about a first home buyer and you gave the example of where they'd put in a 10% deposit for their first home and they'd set up 80% of the money they'd borrowed from the bank as a standard table loan and they'd set up the other 10% as a revolving credit that was fully maxed out. Now, what was the strategy that they were going to use? So what they ended up doing was actually putting money against the revolving credit. They were earning big bonuses and sporadic amounts of money. So they were able to put that onto that revolving credit. And then this particular person actually then went and used some of their savings on the other side, used their revolving credit to buy an investment property because they had that available to them because the revolving credit had been set. Now, there's only a couple of banks that will allow you to do that. So it's actually really important that you're, if you've got these plans, you're making sure that the banks that you're using or the advisor that you're using is aware of who can and can't. So what you're saying is once you go above 80% LVR, it's harder to get a revolving credit facility? Absolutely. And so, of course, the challenge with paying extra off your home loan is you can only get that bank if you sell the property or the bank will give you a top up on that mortgage. But as April said before, that's not necessarily guaranteed. If you've got a revolving credit that you're paying down, that money is still readily available. So you can be less worried about making those higher repayments. So we're talking about getting your lending set up so that if even if house prices fall, you're still able to borrow the money you want. Now, some people are going to be listening to this, April, thinking that sounds a bit dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> Trying to get around the rules. What do you What do you think about that? To me, it's no riskier than if you did 80% lending at the peak of the market and then property prices drop and you're over 80 anyway. So it's the same thing. It's just having a limit set in place on a revolving rather than a fixed loan. Do you know what? I always think whenever we have these conversations, it just shows you why most investors, including myself and including Andrew, need to use a mortgage advisor who understands the specific rules that each bank has because they are so much more complex than everybody thinks. I always laugh. Somebody says, oh, all the banks are the same. Like, so not. The rules are technical and they are different and they don't share what these are. Nobody's out there telling you. And I've actually thought about this. I thought maybe we should start doing like... No, I remember you got in trouble doing that last time, sharing the back end of a mortgage calculator. No, no. Well, I did get in trouble. <laughs> I, did, I, I did get in some quite no, serious... I got in trouble. <laughs> we did get in some quite serious trouble for that. But I thought what we might be able to do is like talk about, well, what is the difference between the criteria of these different banks and 
who would they be the right fit for in certain made-up situations just to show people they're actually different. It's not all about the interest rate. And actually, that reminds me, and we're going to do an episode of this in a wee while, there was an article in the paper the other day talking about mortgage brokers. They're paid a commission, so are they really worth it? And this alone is the reason you use a mortgage broker. If you think you're using a mortgage broker just to get the cheapest interest rate, that's not the reason you use a mortgage broker. You use a mortgage broker because a mortgage is a sophisticated product with lots of ways that it can impact you positively and negatively. So April, what use is this if house prices have already fallen? Because there are still people that are looking to pay off their debt. And if they're wanting to pay off their debt in a way that allows them to have more options in the future, then this is definitely a way that can be used to help them with that. And on top of that, there are some parts of the country like Canterbury that actually aren't that far down. There are some parts of the country that are down maybe a percent, two percent. So the big issue people have, or where property investors go wrong, or general members of the public, is they think the whole country's down by 12.5%, so everything's down. Not true. There are some parts of the country that are down well over 20%. I'm talking about you, lower and upper hut. Sorry to all our <laughs> listeners there. And there are some parts of the country that are not that far down at all, which is most of the South Island, especially down around Southland and Queenstown and certain parts of Canterbury as well. So this can be useful for certain people around the country. And if you still think that house price is going to continue to fall and you've got the equity now, no reason why you couldn't set something up like this in preparation for that happening. And April, who is this right for and who is it not right for? It works really well for people who are going to think there could be equity constrained in the future if their property prices may fall. But what it's not going to help you for is if your income is the real issue because you do have to do an application with the bank and you do want to be responsible with a revolving credit limit. So. There are seven main strategies that are talked about in Wealthplane. Some of them are going to help with your equity, so when you don't have enough deposit for what you're looking for, and others will help with servicing when you don't have enough income. But this one is definitely on the equity side of things. And so I'm sold. I want to sign one up. What do I do? Contact your mortgage advisor. Mortgage advisor. Yeah, and have a chat about what you're looking to do now and then what your future plans are so that everything that's being set now can actually help work you towards that, not just an immediate. Right, we're going to wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more, why not check out our YouTube channel? Either hit the subscribe button or just whip out your phone and Google Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be the first thing that comes up. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we'll be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time.